Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Blog Talk Radio. Blue Shirts Radio. Welcome to Forever Blue Shirts Radio. I am your temporary host, uh, Kevin Krupe, the real space earthbender himself. Joining me is uh, John Luke Shapiro. And uh, I don't know if Russell Hartman is here, but he should be here momentarily. John, how are you tonight? Wow, you really like to puff yourself up, don't you? Hi, Kevin. Uh, Russell, Hi, Russell will be here shortly. <laughs> Russell will be here shortly. He's just running a little late, but we he he'll be here. And we want to we want to save the new topic uh, that uh, you know that's kind of big news for the Rangers soon. But go ahead, Kevin, kick mm-hmm. off the show. Well, currently, uh, I think Columbus Blue, the Columbus Blue Jackets are playing the Boston Bruins. It is a two-one lead by Boston the third. Uh, Columbus is up two-one in the fourth game. Tonight, so it's actually Boston. Uh, no, no, I'm saying they're up two one in the series. Excuse oh, in the me, series, so. okay. But okay, yes. So San Jose plays Colorado. San Jose beat that series two to one as well. Um, yesterday we had Dallas tie that series at home against St. Louis. They're now two and two. Zook with three goals, six assists, and nine total points in this playoffs. How do you think Zuckerel has you know acclimated to the Dallas Stars? especially since he lost so much time breaking his arm in the first game. And he scored two goals in that game. Well, it, it just it just goes to, you know, just to say how good of a player Zuccarello was. And, and, and everyone else in the NHL, especially the Dallas fans, are, are really seeing how special a player he was for the Rangers. I mean, uh, you know, just with some of the interactions I've had with some Dallas Stars fans in on Twitter, they just love the guy. And they totally understand why we were so – uh, downtrodden when we traded him. Obviously, it was done for good reason, but now they're really starting to see why the Rangers and their fans really love this guy. And you know, as as, as you know, a longtime Ranger fan like you know all three of us, you know, he, you know, remember getting him in two. Remember the Rangers picking him up in 2010 and him finally making the team not too long afterwards. And 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 the ceremonious chant of Zook would go up. And hearing the Dallas Stars fans say that just kind of put a tear in my eye a little bit. But Zuccarello's just been nothing but fantastic. I mean, he's just been a bull out there for Dallas, and I honestly think he's been a spark plug for that team, you know, along with guys like Rope Hintz and, and, and Miro Heiskanen and, and Jason Spezza's having some kind of second, you know, wind resurgence, always been a phenomenal player. So, you know, it, it's good to see, you know, the fruits of a Rangers labor uh, helping out another team who needs it, and, you know, the better they do, not only is it better for Zuccarello and the Dallas Stars, but it's also good for the Rangers if Dallas ends up winning that series because then the picks end up becoming better in terms of the conditions. So either way, this is a plus-plus for Dallas Stars fans and New York Ranger fans. So I, I am really yeah. happy to see him doing well in Dallas. Well, that's all we wanted because another condition on the trade, of course, is uh, the third-round pick that we got from Dallas for next year in the 2020 draft becomes a first rounder if Zuccarello resigns with Dallas next season. Now, I am strongly thinking that's a possibility. I always thought it was like a long shot. Oh, we got a third round pick and possibly a first for Zuccarello. It was never my idea that he was automatically going to sign with them. But uh, Jim Montgomery, the, the head coach for the Dallas Stars, has a press conference last night 
and um, he's telling the story. It's like, uh, you know, Zuccarello turns to him with a big smile on his face. He says, Coach, calm down. You know, we're trying to have some fun. We're up four to one. And um, one of the reporters goes, well, did you calm down? He's like, yeah, I kind of did. And I thought that was great because Zuccarello, you know, that's why, like, as bad as it sounds, not bad, but just sad that Zabanjad was so sad when they traded Zuccarello away. He's the new Zuccarello. Now all his friends are getting taken away from him. So, you know, Zuccarello is, like you said, the spark plug to a team. Like, even if he doesn't score, he makes plays. He gets dirty. He's not afraid to throw the body at 5'6", or is he 5'8". Either way, he's tiny for, for a hobby player. <laughs> Well, another thing, about, another, thing, another thing about Zuccarello real quick, and I don't mean to yeah, interrupt real fast, but you also no, have to okay. remember, uh, you know, he, he's a character guy. He's a very quiet guy in in person. You know, he seems to be kind of, you know, put together, you know, well-kept, doesn't say much, you know, outside of the interviews. But from all accounts from guys like Kevin Hayes, uh, Derek Stepan, even Keith Yandel, and, and a couple of other guys who played for the Rangers, you know, you hear them on different podcasts and different, you know, outlets and whatever. And they say Matt Zuccarello is like the jokester of the team. And, you know, a guy like that in a very big playoff time like this for Dallas, especially them not making it in three years, you you can tell that his influence alone is impacting this team because they just seem so loose out there. Granted, you know, not they're not going to win every game, but you can tell they're playing at a high level and they seem to be comfortable, you know, with each other. And, you know, I could just imagine Zuccarello just being a riot in the locker room for the Dallas Stars because, you know, that's just the character that he is. And, and, and you can tell his presence was missed uh, here once he traded him. And the thing, I, I, I'll i tell you this, I, I went to a game just shortly after Zuccarello was traded and, you know, Mika Zibanejad and Matt Zuccarello had this habit of being the last two guys out on the ice uh, for warm-ups. And uh, before and after the game ends, too, after a win. Oh, and I know. What I know yeah, and so it was always like when I would see them there, they were just like broing out near the gate. And, you know, Zibanejad would do this thing where he'd be the last one on the ice. He'll take the puck and he'll shoot it down the other side of the ice during warm-ups. And then at the end of the game, if they were to win, they would be the last two ones there giving each other high fives. And I remember seeing Zibanejad go to the door, take the puck, throw it into the other team's net before the warm-ups ended. And I just look, it just looks so sad because he was just there by himself. Because now you know it's like, oh, Zuccarello isn't coming back. And it's the worst feeling because of this condition. It's like we can't really say we want him back because we're basically yeah. saying we don't want a first-round pick. Even though you can make the, the – like, even though he didn't get traded for a first-round pick, he really did get traded for two first-round picks if you want to look at it that way. But mm-hmm. is Absolutely. Zuccarello worth a first-round pick in your mind? Maybe absolutely. What he brings to the, what he brings to the stars, you can make an argument for him being a first round pick. And I and, guess and you know what I guess the Dallas you know Stars didn't too? want to give up the first round pick outright, but look, yeah, they're getting a bag for the buck for him. And you know that's Jeff Gordon gambled on Matt Zuccarello's personality, his, his play style, and just thinking his overall likability for the team. And they're all going to want him back. Like unless he is having existential crisis and he goes to you know, Calgary or Toronto and sign these deals here or there. I, I could see him signing with Dallas Stars again. And and you know what, too? You know, when you look at the way the Dallas Stars are constructed, you look at a lot of their high-end players like a Jason Spezza. Yes, to many, he is not, but he is still a phenomenal player for the Dallas Stars. He he's, he's playing well in the role that he's currently in right now. You have Tyler Sagan, you have Jamie Benn, you have the previously mentioned Miro Heiskanen, you also have John Klingberg. So the team has a lot of high-end talent, and one of the things that I guess you could say Dallas was looking for and they kind of lacked in the last couple of years outside of Anton Roussel was kind of that skill on the bottom end and you can see it starting to come to fruition with guys like Rope Hintz and guys like Matt Zuccarello. So, you know, when you look at both teams, the New York Rangers and the Dallas Stars, yes, you know, for, you know, our sakes, our emotional sakes at least cuz, you know, at least a lot of us root for other teams in the New York metropolitan area that don't exactly help us out. So, 
you know, for our sakes, at least for fans, we would love to see him back here. But but the future of the team, it, it's not beneficial. He's up there in age. He is on a decline, unfortunately. You know, he's not the same player he was in 2014. And, you know, yeah. it just doesn't fit with the dearth of young players, especially the one that they just recently traded for and the potential of getting a, you know, bringing Kratzoff over and a potential of bringing like a Capo Caco or a Jack Hughes. I always have to preface both now because you just never know well, you what never the know. are going to do. But I, but anyways, I digress. They, they did, um, they did pull the Heischer, uh move a couple of years ago instead of taking Nolan Patrick first overall, right? Devils that, had first overall. Yeah. The yeah, no well, Patrick. You know, well, I mean Patrick was number two and 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 uh, Heischer was number one. So I mean, but I mean, okay, but I do. But that, that that's the thing. It's not as clear cut as it was this year or last yeah, year. Yeah, it's not, it's not as clear cut. But a lot of people yeah. were assuming that Patrick was going to go first because it looked like it fit their play style more. So, yeah. but, you know, it made me so surprised. It's like, but this isn't one of those situations. Jack Hughes is a yeah. generational talent. Capo Caco is also a generational talent. It's just Absolutely. So, Hughes, so either way, Hughes is like either elite way, level one and Capo is elite level two. And it's really like that difference. And that's it. But exactly. Just, not, not, to, not to cut you off. I just know Russell's going to no, want to talk fine. about Dallas to a certain extent. So let's, let's yeah. shift it to the current game going on right now. It's three, one Boston with uh, about four minutes left to play. Uh, so you are Jeff Gordon. You are watching this Columbus Boston game. You know, there is one player on the ice right now who you have your eyes set on. And that is Artemi Panarin. You look at the series and you see how Columbus is constructed. You know, the contracts that are going to be up at the end of the season. Do you feel like if they keep going, they make it to the Eastern conference finals, they could potentially make it to the Stanley cup playoffs. They could win the Stanley cup playoffs. I mean, I mean the Stanley well, cup final, excuse me. Do you well, see that Panarin resigns, or do you go harder at like you go harder at him, or do you still keep Pat with what you wanted to throw at him in the first place? I, you, you know, that, that, that's that's a good really question. His mind? That's actually a really good question because honestly, you don't really know. I mean, mm-hmm. um, you you can't really tell a player's mindset just from a, a playoff run. I mean. You could say the same about, you know, different instances and other, you know, examples, which I, for some reason, I can't come up in my head right now, so my apologies, that well, you had them, a, te- a team <laughs> playing so well, yeah, thanks, a team playing so no well that, you know, the player tends to reconsider, because if you look at the way Panarin was talking, at least at the beginning of the season, when it came to like a contract extension, whatever, it just didn't really seem like he wanted to come back. Columbus and my thing is you know all the all the reports seem to kind of stay the same there's no like report coming out change of camp but then again they also said you know they're not going to really discuss it so you don't really know but to me I still think he's going to try and chase the money and if you're Jeff Gordon or at least if I'm Jeff Gordon I'm still going to try and see maybe as the playoffs go on maybe you offer him a little more because you know with Joe Quenville going to uh, Florida you know, maybe he will entice management to spend a little more with Dave Ty, uh, Dave Talon, mm-hmm. you know, as his GM. So, you know, I mean, it just, it honestly, it all really depends. We don't really know what can happen until the day of. So I honestly think that the Rangers will stand pat and they might give a little more, but I don't think they're going to offer a real absurd contract. And I don't think mm-hmm. Panarin's going to stay because if he does, then it's kind of, you know, mixed signals kind of thing. And, and he's the type of guy that wants to, you know, play for, a, a contender, not that Columbus isn't a contender, but you know, if you had a chance to play in Columbus in New York, I mean, I'm not trying to put down the city of Columbus by any means whatsoever, but New York seems to be a bigger ticket mm-hmm. destination, and anyone from Columbus will tell you that. So it's nothing against Columbus; they're a fantastic hockey city. It's just that a guy like Panarin wants to, I guess, play in a bigger spotlight, you know. And there's no fault to him. You know, he has every right to want to do. No, that. there really, there really isn't, and he could be that leader that you know. It always seems like Panarin was just that side kind of guy when he was in Chicago because you had Taze and you had Kane there, and he was, you know, third fiddle to them, essentially. And then he goes to Columbus, and, you know, Columbus doesn't really doesn't really play the way he wants them to play. They just won their first playoff series, defeating Tampa Bay, which no one thought was going to happen. And <laughs> we, we'll, talk about, oh, yeah. we'll talk about how crazy it is all four wild cards made it. But it's, it's just another thing. It's just, you know, does Panarin – want the tax-free money in Florida, which could potentially be what he really is after? Or does he want to look at a team that's young, that's, you know, he might take a year or two more to really get into contention and lead by example? Because, you know, you have guys coming in 
that he could fit with immediately. But it it, it depends. So on on that note, Jail, unless you had something else else to add. Well, I I would like to add one more. Uh, I would like to add one more. Just thought to that. You, and real okay. quick, it'll be brief because I know we're gonna get to you know something real quick. I, 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 well, I see something here that to talk about really quick, but yeah, that's true. But just real quick on on Panarin yeah. and and his mindset. You know, it, it just seems to me that he, I guess, he doesn't see a real future in Columbus. You know, with just the way the coaching staff is and the way everything's kind of set up. And even though they're a phenomenal mm-hmm. organization, I really think he wants to go somewhere where he can thrive in a bigger market. And even if he has to take less money to go there or at least maybe a drastic change, not a drastic change, but kind of a similar smaller change in the contract, I think he'll do it. And I think if the Rangers were to offer him a deal he couldn't refuse, of course, you know, coming from New York and whatever, you know, a deal he can't refuse, you know, uh, I-, I think he can look past <laughs> and just big money from – yeah, yeah, he could look past big money from like the Panthers team, and and you mm-hmm. know because the Rangers have pull. You know, Sean Avery pretty pretty much said it himself in one of in, uh, in an appearance on a podcast is the Rangers are a draw and players are attracted to that. Yeah. So. Well, it's the original six team. Why wouldn't you want to play for the Rangers? It's the same thing with the person that we're going to be talking about in a few minutes once Russell comes because I know he's going to want to talk about him. It's like why? Well, do you I think, think he's he here. here. Maybe you want to introduce him? I think, think he's here. here. Is Russell Russell's here? here yeah. Yes, he is. Russell, Go ahead, introduce him. It's oh well, we got Russell Hartman, uh, editor for uh, Forever Blue Shirts, uh, the f- host of Forever Blue Shirts Radio, who I'm taking the chair in for today. Russell, <laughs> how are you, sir? I'm doing good, guys. I'm doing good. How are you both doing? Doing very well, Simpl- sir. I'm glad simply you wonderful, your my friend. <laughs> what did you say, Joe? Well, I said simply wonderful. Yeah, no, everything's good. I mean, you know, it's been a good few days. Things keep looking up for us, huh? I mean, we got another Hobie Baker winner joining the team who is exactly who I want to talk about right now. Now, well, to give everyone some me, preface, I apologize that I am not hosting oh. this week. I know everyone misses me. I know oh, it's very yeah, strange yeah. not Welcome to hear my to voice Russell. right after jail. Welcome you to the show. <laughs> I apologize. I am I'm currently, I'm currently busy doing stuff music-wise, but I'll, I'll promote that another time. But anyway, yeah, I yeah, hope you're enjoying yeah, Kevin's do your hosting own duties. Horn some other time, Russell. <laughs> I hope you're enjoying <laughs> Kevin's hosting duties, and I already know you're enjoying Jails. Which who doesn't enjoy Jails? Uh, lots of people. <laughs> lots of people don't enjoy me, but hey, if you guys some like women it, that's don't all I care enjoy about. it. I don't enjoy it. You know. <laughs> wow. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> a lot. It's fine. <laughs> now that you're here, now that you're yes, here, yeah. joining us, gracing us with your presence. Mm-hmm. How wonderful is it that we traded for and signed the next big defensive prospect in Adam Fox, Mr. Adam Fox? All right, so I have Mr. a few Adam thoughts on Adam Fox. Fox. So I have a few thoughts on this. Rangers fan himself. Now, for those who don't know, Adam Fox has been rumored to be coming to this team for about literally since when Calgary drafted him. It seems back way back, I think what was it, twenty twenty fifteen, I think. Something like 20, that. Anyway, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So Fox has been rumored to be coming here for years and years now. Wouldn't sign with Calgary. Didn't sign with Carolina. Basically forced his way here. Now, you know, some people might look at it as, oh, you know, the kids play where he's drafted, but he's in, he's just using the loophole that the NHL provided college free agents. This is what they can do. If you can't get them signed, they have a choice. So I don't see any harm in doing what he's done. Other college free agents have done it. Alexander Kerfoot did it to the Devils two years ago. It happens. So. For anyone giving the kid flat because of that, don't do it. He's just doing exactly what the system allows him to do. But now, back to the player who we're getting, right? I mean, think about this. You're getting a defenseman who is one of only four college freshmen defensemen since, like, the 1980s to ever average .85 points per game. The Rangers have two of them as prospects right now, Fox and Miller. Now, you think about the trajectory of these kids, right? You see Adam Fox, uh, this kid, you know, Hobie Baker finalist, um, has one of the highest scoring defensemen in the country over the past four years. The only defenseman, I think, oh, God, at least since the 70s, Grinelli from Spittenshilitz posted this great tidbit on Twitter about him that he's, I think, one of the only defensemen in college hockey to ever average a point and a half per game, and he did that during his junior season, I believe, junior-sophomore season. Um, He's a ridiculous player. And when you get the chance to add a player like this, you take it. And Jeff Gordon has done nothing but good move after good move after good move. And now you look back to February of 2017, there was no Keandre Miller. There, there was no Adam Fox. 
There was no Vitaly Kravtsov. There was no Kapokako. And in just over a year, all these players are going to start coming in and gelling at the same time. And, you know, you're getting all these prospects on the call. Jeff Gordon has done a bang-up job, boys. So, Russell, or JL, if you want to take this, because Russell loves talking about Adam Fox, so let's not get him everything <laughs> at once. <laughs> so, now that Adam Fox signed that three-year entry-level contract, that means he still can make the roster out of camp. What is the likelihood that he to. actually does? 100%. What is- what is 100%. the likelihood? That 100%. Now, the now, Russell, absolutely he's gonna since make you're the, the first person to answer. I mean, well, first of all, let, <laughs> yeah, me, let, me, let, me, just, let me let me straighten out some things here from stuff that you said because I, uh, I want to make sure that we, we got it right here. So uh, Adam Fox was drafted by the Calgary Flames, 66th overall in the 2006 NHL entry draft. His rights were traded to Carolina in that big trade with Dougie Hamilton and Michael Furland uh, going one way, Elias Hinholm. Elias Lindholm and Noah Hannafin going the other day, other way. Now, the stat that you're talking about from Mike Grinnell from uh, Spit and Chicklets is his only Adam Fox is the only defenseman in college hockey over the last 20 years to average over a point and a half per game, and then he averaged 1.45 games in 2018-19. So he essentially rounded it up. He has 48 points in 33 games. Now you're gonna tell me that that's not NHL material right off the bat? Come on. I mean, I, if, Ca- I'm if, not if Colorado... Not, that's if, not what I'm... You didn't even let me ask my question, though. Well, no, I, no I'm just clear. I'm just clearing it up. Look, I'm look, not trying to argue here. I'm just trying to clear up the stat, that's all. I don't want to... I'm not trying to start argument either, but look, no, no, this no, is no, the not, case. No, this is, this is the case here. There's some people who believe that this is the third best defensive prospect in the world behind Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. And when you have, the, like, Which this is, is a kid... Right, it's a rightfully... So it's a valid argument. Absolutely, the and up, like Gail just said. And this, well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying honestly, to get at. He, oh, what are you trying to get at? I'm trying to get at. You have to look at this logjam in front of him. It's not. Kevin, it's it not doesn't matter. There's it, the it, it doesn't matter that there's I, a logjam though. He, he, no, he I'm not that logjam. So, he is that don't good. Don't get me wrong. Neil Pionk is not going to be here anymore. This Frederick Clayson, as I, much as he played a surprisingly well defense for for the Rangers this past year, he's not coming back. And then you have to re-sign Tony D'Angelo. It's just there's a lot of things, especially with all of these new prospects coming in. We're projecting at Capo Caco. Kratsov is going to sign an extension once he comes to the United States. Um, you know, you want to go after Artemi Panarin. You know, you're, you're having all these contracts, and you have to get rid of these guys one way or another. If you're you, Jeff and, Gordon, and they will. And the, if you're Jeff Gordon, the thing you have is, to get you have rid to remember of these terrible here. contracts on Dude, defense. I guarantee you right now, David Quinn, when he's already thinking about his lineup next year, has Adam Fox penciled into at least the second pair right now. Because he's which, probably which gonna be is, playing which there. Is, which makes sense. We're still in a rebuilding you can have him in the first pair for all I care. Yeah, but I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't throw him to the wolves right off the bat. Let him get his feet wet and then you can move him up if you really want. And I mean if this kid hits I mean, the ceiling, he will be a first he, pair. He, that's the whole point. He's gonna prove himself. Yeah. He's gonna end up being on the first pair at the end of the year. I mean, logistically it's good. If if, if we Hopefully. want this all to work in our favor, which things have been recently, I mean, we, we're, we're trending towards the Carolina-Columbus Eastern Conference Final, which is I, – I can't believe it, but that's a story for another time. But basically, everything has been coming up Rangers recently. You know, you get the second pick in the lottery. You get the chance to get Fox. Winnipeg loses early. Dallas looks like they're going to make the Western Conference Final. You know, if this – if the hockey gods keep smiling on the Rangers and you want, like, a perfect scenario two, three years from now, then our first pair – for the next decade, our Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook should be Andre Miller and Adam Fox, and they should be. And then, and if they project the way they project, no one is going to be able to score goals when those two are out on the ice together. Because you're talking about my, someone like Andre Miller. He's already he's six foot four and growing. Apparently, he's already, he's going to be six foot five, adding on more muscle. And you got this guy in Fox, who's one of the best offensive defensemen, in the, you know, prospects in years. It's going to be something special if those two hit their ceilings for sure. Might I interject if you? You know, no. you don't mind. Absolutely, <laughs> I, I have to. I have to be courteous since I'm the. I'm one of the least tenured here. Um. So, okay. So I understand what you're saying, Kevin, in terms of having a little bit of a logjam. But, you know, I I want to say there was a quote from Gordon the other day, or at least it was hinted at. I think Ant may have talked about it, or it might have been included in one of the posts. I it's, it's escaping me right now. I'm, I'm trying to look it up as I as I go along. But I think it's been hinted that. You know, with the, with this trade of Fox, which I am absolutely a hundred percent for, I think this is fantastic. You know, you know, you have extra defensemen on the roster. You have Neil Pionk, Tony D'Angelo, 
you know, Brandon Smith, Mark Stahl. So it's been hinted that there's going to be some sort of a buyout or a trade. And to be frank, you know, I I think that Gordon is savvy enough to pull off a trade for extra assets in terms of a pick getting rid of a defenseman. You know, the fact that everybody thought Adam Fox was going to end up becoming the Tampa Bay pick. Everybody thought the Adam Fox trade was going to involve a first or at least that second, but it ended up turning out to be two different picks, which is, you know, fantastic well, either way. Picks that you, can, you can make an argument about. So if you look, the Rangers still have a pick in every round for the next three years, barring Zuccarello doesn't sign with Dallas, and that becomes a first-round pick for 2020. So it's expendable so then, what, regardless, so regardless of whatever happens. These are, it's these expendable. Are expendable picks. It's, yeah, exactly. We got picks in, and everybody's complaining, oh, a third-round pick, a second-round pick's not good enough. But now you have these picks all over the board now. It's not just the same spot. You're going to be able to trade. Who's to know we're not going to get more picks either during this draft or during exactly. the trade deadline, depending on how they're going to be. Jeff Gordon has done an A-plus job, and next year if he's not – is it executive of the year, GM of the year, whatever the trophy is, if he doesn't get it, I think that's just ludicrous. He took this team from basically the seller, where he had to tell the fans in a letter, we're going to do better. We're they're going to sell people off, and we're going to be as clear and honest as possible. And he's delivering. Even, even if we don't see it on the ice, he's creating a prospect pool that we haven't seen since when. Like this looks like we've basically like gone from having a, a consensus bottom five prospect pool for year after year after year to having arguably a top three prospect pool in the entire league. And Jeff Gordon did that in a matter of a year and about three months. Yeah, which and is you, incredible. You have to look at most of these guys are Absolutely NHL incredible. ready. Well, most of these guys are either a year yes away no. or NHL ready. I mean. No, honestly, I out of agree. all the players that out of all the players he's acquired, I think the two further. Uh, I mean, from the past few years, I'm talking the big prospects like the Millers, Heedles, Andersons. The two furthest away are probably Miller and Lundqvist. I would say, which isn't a problem at all. No, and I think it's going to be two years before we see both of them. Mentioned. What'd you say? I said because of the contracts we have, it's better that they actually wait a little oh, bit. Oh no, I agree. Up. And it also we don't have to worry about we don't have to worry about protecting them in the expansion draft either, which is also really good. Which is fantastic. Also, Fox is essentially expansion draft exempt. Can you repeat that, Russell? What I said, Fox is expansion draft exempt. Kaka will be. Everyone from this draft is exempt from the expansion draft. For people that didn't yeah, know, I feel like that's an important point to make. Kratzov. Oh yeah, Kratzov is not. He's not expansion. We don't have to protect him. Uh, same thing with Shashirkin, we won't have to protect him either. They're all signing their deals this year, which means they'll be protected in 21. So, honestly, so, if you really think about it, oh, if you okay. honestly really think about it, you look at some of the players that the Rangers might have, and, you know, even if they end up having to carry a guy like a Mark Stahl or even a Brendan Smith, uh, mind you, fourth-line left winger Brendan Smith, if they have to, <laughs> if they have to, if they have to carry him, then... I mean, I'm not entirely sure if Brendan Smith's contract has that kind of clause in it where he he can be protected by it. I assume it does, but either way, maybe yeah. they could swig some kind of deal if they still have him or not. But either way, the point that I was trying to get before was is that with with the shrewdness that Jeff Gordon has shown over the last 18 months, again, Russ, you alluded to it, the fact that this guy essentially turned this system into arguably probably one of the top ten systems in all of hockey, farm systems is all of hockey, out of nothing, so that you know what what makes you what makes you think that he won't be able to move a bigger piece like a Stahl or a Smith or even get a trade for Pionk. I know everybody loves Neil Pionk except for one of our other contributors on Forever Blue Shirts. And <laughs> Neil Pionk, Neil Pionk is a is a it's a fine player. And I don't want to say his name unless he wants me to. Uh, he's a great guy, by the way. I have nothing against him, but he really does not like Neil Pionk. Um, and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but he's wrong. Kidding. But um, <laughs> Neil Pionk is uh, a solid depth player for this team, and honestly, I kind of want him to be Neil like Pionk extra... is a poor man's Adam Fox. Well, hey, that's listen, what he I'd is. rather I'd rather have a poor no, man's that's, Adam that's... Fox than a poor man's Michael Roosevelt. Okay, and I love <laughs> Rosie. Okay, but are you talking about Stanley Cup champion is... Michael Roosevelt? Yes, Stanley Cup champion of the Chicago Blackhawks, Michael Rosenfeld. By the way, we, we literally gave up nothing to get Neil Pionk. We didn't even give up a draft pick in a late round. Him. Look, look, okay, okay. I want to start this him. straight. Neil Pionk, 
Neil Pionk will work fine. I agree with Gerald. Neil Pionk is a fine as a third pair defenseman. Fine. He needs to work like on his, his stuff on his own end, but in the third pair, fine. He's not a first pair defenseman. That's crazy. That should not happen anymore. This season, so, I mean, well, that, that actually, said, here's my question to both said. of you. He's also, he's also still 23 years old. Playing I mean, NHL minutes on a really bad team, by the way. He's got time to mature. Look, I, think he'll be, I he'll hear you. I hear you. So, Jay, what are you trying to get at? I apologize. So, no, that's fine. You know, that's what we're here for. Uh, so, <laughs> what I'm trying to make is this. If, if a team comes and tells you, hey, I'll trade you for Neil Pionk. So you're essentially you're essentially getting an asset for a guy you got for nothing except for giving out. Yeah, currency. I would do it. I would okay, explore. so with, with the arrival of Fox, you don't need NHL world. <laughs> and honestly, I really think Tony D'Angelo is somebody this team should really keep on this roster because if you look at a lot of the numbers on Tony D'Angelo, it seems like he generated a lot of offense for this team, and he was a stalwart on defense and allowed this team to be creative. And I, I had been saying oh, yeah. since they traded for him, I've been saying it and yelling it. I was upset when they sent him to Hartford. I guess he needed it because he came back. Uh, he came back and he was just absolutely phenomenal, and he hasn't gone down since. And you know he's, he's yeah. feisty. You know, granted, yeah, you know yeah. his he off ice. He likes to drop his, the gloves every once in a while. Yeah, like his off ice antics may not be how you say kosher to many people. You know, at least in the organization. But as long as he's not going out and committing murder and not doing anything heinous, you know, uh, anything that's considered to, drivers for like ten cents. Yeah, or yeah. being yeah, or being debaucherous in any way whatsoever, then you keep him. You know, as long as yeah. this team likes him and he's able to play, you keep him there. And honestly, think he's a perfect second pair D for this team. Honestly, if you're gonna do D pairs for next season, honestly, you stick him with Kevin Shattenkirk because you know they're not gonna trade Shattenkirk as much as they could allude to it. They're keeping him next season. And honestly, there's a better chance yeah. for Brendan Smith to get traded. So, again, the point I'm trying to make yeah. again is they have they, 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 they have the potential to make some very shrewd trades. The, the overload on defense is a good problem because then it causes – if you're running into a training camp with an overabundance of defensemen, then you can say, okay, well, let's say if I'm Neil Pionk. And let's just say, let's just say, figuratively speaking, this is not going to happen. Let's just use a hypothetical. So let's say you're Neil Pionk, and you're going to camp, and you have Adam Fox, Tony D'Angelo. Um, let's just say Keandre Miller's ready. Okay, he's not. I know he's not. Nobody jump on me for this. But you know, Libor Hayek. You have to remember him too. He's also phenomenal. You Brady Shea. You mm-hmm. know, Brendan Smith, uh, Mark Stahl, Kevin Shattenkirk, and maybe they signed someone, yeah. Eric Carlson. So um, let's just say they have this dearth of defensemen on the team, and you're Neil Pionk. You decide, i got to step my game up. You do that. Teams see that. Jeff Gordon goes, you want this guy? Sure. You get an asset for it, there you go. You just kind of fixed your problem kind of, sort of, in a sense. You're right. So, and you know, with the way, with the way they develop saying. players in the Rangers, it, it's not a, not, a bad, not a bad idea. With the no, I, I see what you're saying. And Fox, I mean, though, ultimately, what? go on, Russell. Before, before I, I make my leave, before I make my leave, leave, I would like to just point out something. Leave. Um, He's yeah, I stay for long, but I'll make sure I get one of my He's points to before I have to leave. Um, if the Rangers rebuild now, this is purely projection, but based on what these kids have been doing, um, you know, you can see what Adam Fox has done in in his collegiate career. You see what Keandre Miller is on pace to do in his collegiate career. You see that, you know, what Neil Lundqvist is doing over in Sweden. I mean. The guy won a Rookie of the Year award over there. He's he's playing top minutes as an 18-year-old over there. He's a very good player. And you have to tack on someone like Hayek, and you still have Brady Shea. I mean, you have the makings of a really, really solid defense core there, full of, like, you have size, you have puck movers, you have guys that know how to take it to the net. You know, it's it's all – it's kind of an embarrassment of riches right now. And, you know, what, what JL's saying about Neil Pionk, how guys are going to have to earn their spots. Guys are really going to have to earn their spots because – you know, Tony D is a very good player. He showed it this year on a shitty team. Sorry for the cursing, but they were not that good this year. And, you know, on a team playing as bad as they did this year, Anthony D'Angelo stepped up, and he played a really pivotal role for this club. Now, decisions are going to have to be made, and honestly, if if these guys hit their ceilings, Gordon's going to have a lot of capital to make some more trades with. And I think that before you know it, I mean, I personally myself, I think this team makes the playoffs next year based based on these acquisitions and if these prospects pan out. Um, I think we see the playoffs, it's a good but chance. you know, it's not. It's people not keep saying, you know, 
um, you know, rebuild, it, retool, whatever it might be. Um, but I think that, uh, you know, you could be on the way to contention a lot sooner than people think with this team. Yeah, I, I, def, I definitely agree, but it's just it's, – it's one of those things that you have to taper your expectations. And what we talked about today, Rod, you have to taper your expectations. Like, as, as, as exciting, as intoxicating, as just unbelievably, like, this great feeling that we have of how good this next year could potentially yeah, be. You have to remember you it's all potential right now. They're all, most of these guys are under the age of 23. Most yeah. of these key, young pivotal kids. players – are under 23. Also, and also about, an important uh, point to make right here now, as well, I feel like this is really important to make note of here is that, remember, Cabo Caco's going to be moving here from Finland, away from his home country. Vitaly Krasov's going to be moving here, you know, away from Russia. And all of these prospects from around the world, eventually when they get here, remember, these are kids. They're used to having their family support systems. They're used to, you know, they're always around their same teammates. You know, they're used to what, where they're from and their, you know, their customs and things like that. When they get over here, you know, I know Rangers Twitter likes to get crazy about a lot of things, but remember, if Capo Caco doesn't have 20 points by Christmas, like, don't destroy the kid. Once he acclimates, same thing with Vitaly Kravtsov, give them some time. It's going to be a little bit of a culture shock for them. It's going to be, you know, smaller ice surface for them. It's going to take them some time. So I really don't want to see those takes, like, halfway through the season that we drafted all bust because that's not the case. It's just a case of, remember, what were you doing at 18 or 19 years old? It's going to be a big change for these kids. And we're in the, we're in the very strong media-oriented area where they're yeah. they <laughs> The understatement of the century. All the time. You can, you can make the case for Kevin Shattenkirk. You can make the case for Brendan Smith. You can make the case for literally any free agent that came here for the first time. And they could be... United States born, they could be born in New York. They could be used to the lights just generally, but then they come to the yeah. New York Rangers and they have a hard time adjusting right away. And these are grown veterans. So you can't, these kids probably, they don't, they probably do speak English, but not very well. They know absolutely nobody when they're coming here. They're going to have to talk with these guys who they've never talked to before. And it's, a, it's, 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 a, it takes time. So yeah. like, like, like I said, you have to taper your expectations. And before yeah. you go, Russell, I know you, you're, you're on your way out. Adam Fox being traded to the New York Rangers. The likelihood of Eric Carlson getting signed by the New York Rangers goes down by how much, like percentage-wise? Um, it definitely went down. I can't give you a crazy percent, but the chances definitely went down. I mean, like, it's like likely, very likely, unlikely, didn't move. It's pretty much not um, coming. Like, I forward. think that the – I think that especially with the article in The Athletic this week that was showing that, you know, it was basically suggesting that Carlson might want to come to New York to play with his friend Henrik Lundqvist. I mean, that's very true. But, I mean, if you acquire a top-end puck-moving prospect like Adam Fox, I mean, I ultimately think that Gordon is going to want to see what he has in that and what the potential is in someone like that before – and, I mean, mean, at that point, you're probably not going to get Carlson. So, I mean, it's going to come down to Jeff Gordon deciding in July if he wants to bank on Fox's potential or if he's like, okay, I really want to accelerate this. I want to bring in Carlson and we'll figure the rest out as it goes along. But ultimately, I just think that this this whole thing, acquiring Fox like this, just is more showing that they're, I think they're going to target Artemi Panarin. But we'll see what happens come July. But to answer your question, Kevin, yes, I think the likelihood of getting Carlson went down because I don't think you acquire someone like that unless you have kind of a, I don't want to say bigger plan, but a different plan in mind, if that makes sense. No, it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on, guys. Have a good rest of the show. Thank All you, right, sir, Russell. and we look forward to you, you hosting coming. the next show, as you usually do. Talk to you later, guys. So, can I expound expand on that there, Kevin, if I may? Which one, the Eric Carlson thing? Yeah, I mean the Eric yeah, Carlson sure. thing. Just, okay, so as long as before, you don't just reiterate what he said, sure. Well, no, actually, I I I want I I was thinking about it, and it is a very valid point that you know if you have Adam Fox on this team, okay, so yeah, it, the the probability of an Eric Carlson to the Rangers goes down, but there's always a but. Mm-hmm. So you think about it. 
the Rangers currently have. I don't want to call them dead weight. They're not really dead weight. They're human beings, you know. They're, I mean, they're you not, can call them dead weight. Like yeah, but it, that, that, that's it's a, it's a little it's a little disingenuous to say that because you know they you know at the end of the day they they, they you know these two guys really try hard you know so so let's say draft time comes this is right before free agency yeah. period and mm-hmm. you all of a sudden you decide to ship out Mark Stahl, Brennan Smith, Kevin Shattenkirk. Okay, if you can. So now you're left with you can do it. it. It's possible. It's entirely possible that all three of those guys are well, gone. Whether it's well, a buyout or the, the draft. Only, the only problem with that one is that Mark Stahl has to waive his no moving clause, but the other two can be traded. So let's Go just on. say two out. Let's just say two out of the three get traded. Okay. Okay. Let's just let's just say two out of the three get moved. Okay. So now you're essentially looking at a decor that doesn't really have a strong veteran defensive anchor to it, and, and more than likely it's got rid of ten million dollars. Exactly. So if you think about it, the Gordon has stated that he doesn't want to just throw the youth out there, which is a fine plan if you're trying to win a cup within the next five years. This team's trying to win a cup within the next three, or at least build a team that can contend for it within the next three. And with the second overall pick and with the getting a Fox, which is starting it, to look like. It's starting to look like this is going to happen. The, the Rangers will be back in it sooner rather than later. And, you know, I get fever dreams just watching the playoffs, thinking about New York back in it, even though they've only been out of it for two years. But, you know, it's, it's just so used to them being no, no, every year. But anyway. I, I, I understand. I feel the same way. <laughs> so, you know, if you think about it, let's say they move Mark Stahl. Mark Stahl played every, almost every game for this team last season. And you know David mm-hmm. Quinn. Everybody knows David Quinn relies on his uh, veterans very well. He relies on them way too much, sometimes to a fault, depending on who it is. So let's say Gordon ends up moving a Shattenkirk, a Smith, or a uh, a uh, Shattenkirk. So all three of those guys are protected. Shattenkirk. <laughs> yes, yeah, sorry. Stahl, Shattenkirk, and Smith. It's just, you know, all the S's kind of confuse me, and, and, and I'm oh, trying yeah, to really – And then yeah. there's Shea, so, too. Sorry, I'm surprised you didn't say that. Yeah, but. no, Brady Shea, he's, you know <laughs> – to, to much no, dismay to another one of our contributors, you know. So. Yeah, so uh, also we forgot to mention that Ryan Lindgren is also one of the prospects on this team, and I think he's going to be on this team next season. But anyway, well, that, that, that's another discussion for another day. And Igor Rykov, like you see? The embarrassment of riches. Look at it's that. A lot, so, but, I'm, so, I'm sorry but to cut you the, off, but the, the fact that the Rangers had no defense like two years ago, and now they have – we literally forgot about how many good prospects they had is is just mind-boggling because I never thought we'd be in this situation. But go on. Sorry. Exactly. So you guys made the point of prospects, okay? So if we're trying to – if they're trying to rebuild this team and accelerate the, the team – you know the team's progress. You need guys who can still play at a high level, but also know this league very well. And mm-hmm. if they end up making a trade like that, you're not just going to throw these guys out on the ice without any experience. You have to get a guy who can be the anchor for a lot of these younger guys. And if they end up signing Eric Carlson and they end up signing Artemi Panarin, let's just say in a dream world that I continuously live in until it eventually happens. <laughs> um, you know they need they they need somebody to help move them and what better player let's say let's say here the rangers go bold and they trade mark stall and brendan smith gets bought out okay kevin shattenkirk is still mm-hmm. here and they need another guy on the defense you get a guy like eric carlson what better player to teach the youth the young defenseman on this team, then an Eric Carlson. Now, if you get a Carlson, that puts him on the first pair immediately. You pop another defenseman there with him. So now that gives a lot of the younger guys to kind of find their way as they play, find their way on the ice, second, third pair, play against second and third lines, and as they play, they become better and they progress. That's how you're supposed to do it. That's how Ryan McDonough was weeded into the NHL when the Rangers called him up from Hartford. That's how it happened with Brady Shea. The problem is, is that when you just throw these young guys into the Wolves and they start playing for, against first-pair players, you got guys like Neil Pionk trying to defend Alex Ovechkin, and what are you going to get? Ovi clap bombs from the corner. I hate to say it, it's not a knock against Neil Pionk, but he's 23 years old and he's not a first-pair defenseman. So at the end of the day, if you're trying to put together a team, the Rangers say they're not just going to throw all the youth out there and see what happens. They have to supplement it with something. So it's not... An, 
it's not out of the realm of possibility that Shattenkirk, Stahl, or Smith get dealt, and they could still sign Eric Carlson because you'll end up probably having the cap for it. So that's, well, yeah, that's what I said. It's kind of rebuttal to that. To off the well, no, no, so. it's, it's a dumb. You, 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 brought it, you brought it back home, which is, which is a great point. But as much as, as – much, like, then you have these contract situations, you know, three, four years down the line, which, you know, could be a big problem because you have guys like Chris Kreider – Vladimir Mestikov, Ryan Strom, Jimmy VC, Jesper Fast. Um, I mean, Boone Nieves to a certain extent. Uh, it, it, it all depends because all of these guys, all of these like veterans, I guess they you don't, I don't want to say they're the core, but I guess the only two people that are less, left of the core are Jesper Fast and Chris Kreider. It's like you, you can't get rid of that, but at the same time, you're not going to sign Kreider to a seven-year deal. You're not signing him for $6.5 no, million. No, absolutely not. No, you can't, not. especially think, if you're going to say you're rebuilding. If yeah. Kreider wants to take a hometown discount, I am all for it. I love Chris Kreider. I think he's one of the best uh, power forwards in the game. Absolutely. But I agree. He, just, he's he's got the size. He's got the speed. And I feel like he really figured out his game this year under Quinn. And I think he could do wonders. It's just they need to trade well, him. My, like I, the, I, well, I, 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 and, you know, you I we talked about the article I, that I wrote today. Um. And a lot of people disagreed with me, which is fair, because, you know, he's a hometown favorite. He's the last of that group. Um, he's, there's no more Matt Grill, so you got to cling to somebody. And Chris Carter is that guy. He's a likable guy. <laughs> but yeah. it's just it's not, it's not realistic. And the amount of uh, prospects or picks you can get, like, you know, I, I mentioned that Mila Lucic is, is a prime example for this, because, like, to, to compare, because when the Bruins traded him to the Kings, he was the same exact age. He shoots the same way. He's the, almost the exact same size, give or take 10, 5 or 10 pounds. Um, he had about the same point total as Kreider did when he got traded. And it's just, you know, he got a first. He got the pick who would uh, – they got the pick who would eventually become Martin Jones, and they got the pick who would eventually become um, – it's, it's escaping me, but it's a, I think it's Colin Miller for Vegas. And it's just, you know, these are the realms of possibilities that you can get out of here. So – you know, it's 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 just it's just a, it's just a tough situation because you want to keep Kreider, you want to keep all of the guys that you have. But if you do sign Panarin, it's a big if. When Capo Caco comes, or even Jack Hughes, who knows what the Devils are going to do. Um, you know, Vitaly Krasov is coming over, and then you have some of these guys that have been playing well that you know we that get lost in the shuffle of all these good prospects that could make the team. So it's just, you know, you re-sign Brendan Lemieux, Brett Howden, Leah Sanderson, and Phil Pedal come back into form. Pavel Buchnevich keeps building on the year that he had this year. It's just the, the, the lineup gets crowded. And you, you're, why would you pay this guy, like, in, in, in two years, $7 million to rot on the third line? We do, it, it's going to be a Milan Lucic scenario in Edmonton. And we don't want to be Edmonton. So it's, it's just a fine line that Jeff Gordon has to walk with having veterans or having the youth under his belt. It's just... It's a very, very. Uh, uh, I, I don't want to say careful, but it's a very like fine it's, line. It's walking a fine down. line. It's walking a very thin line. Yeah. I, I see what you mean by that, but I can't. I can't come up with the word. He's, it's a dire situation. I, yeah, well, it's, yeah. I know. What, I know what you mean. I'm sure people who are listening yeah, will understand yeah. what you're talking about. But you know, the thing is, okay. So, I'm I'm in the camp of I'd I'd like to keep him. Because I still think he could be a valuable asset to this team, and he's not—he's not a geriatric in terms of hockey terms as of yet. Um, but mm-hmm. it's all dependent on—it's all dependent on whether what the Rangers can get in return for him. And I think somebody—whether it was—I think might have been in our chat, or it might have been somewhere. I was reading something, and it was—it was talking about the room, and you know. People don't. People fail to understand how important that is to a winning ball club because you can you can just throw things at a team and, and see if it sticks. But um, but uh, you know, you there there needs to be something there that is kind of like a a a let's say a holdover, so to speak. And not to say that any of the newer guys can't do that, but Chris Kreider's been here for a very long time. And you know, when you're building a team, now I understand you you bring up Milan Lucic, okay. Which is it's a it's a fair comparison because yes they were at similar age similar point totals but you have to look at it this way too it's a different skill set the, the player is a different no, is a right, different type right. it, it is a different skill set he's a different type of player and Kreider hasn't had 
a real like Lucic has had you know lower body injuries and it's kind of slowed him down and it's kind of hurt his play a little bit. You know, Chris Kreider on the other hand, yeah, he's had some injuries here and there, but it nothing has ever really gotten him to the point where he's become almost immobile. You look at you look at the way he mm-hmm. performed. You look at the way he performed in Quinn's new system. And he was absolutely phenomenal. And people were getting on him at the end of the season because he wasn't producing at the, you know, at the way he should have been producing at the beginning of the season. But you have to remember, he was sidelined with a lower body injury. And for a guy mm-hmm. whose game whose game is solely focused on speed, and you know the you know the cycling and, and the strong movements on the ice, he wasn't a hundred percent. These guys don't play at a hundred percent sometimes. People have to realize that. Two seasons ago, when Brady Shea was was awful to start the season, and even previously, just looked awful out there. He wasn't the same. He was hurt. Mm-hmm. So well, you can make the same he, argument. He got like healthy last year. Yeah, what, same what, thing I for forgot what he had. Was it a knee injury? Or he had was a. It, like it a, was a, a meniscus problem in his knee. A mis- yeah, meniscus problem, but like. You, yeah, he, it's, he it's had not the meniscus one problem of those in his game. It's, it's, you can still play. If it's the yeah. playoffs, you, Ryan McDonough played with a broken ankle last year. Yeah. Ryan McDonough's played with so many broken bones when he played for the Rangers at the playoffs. Yeah. These guys and, don't but, care. Yeah, and, <laughs> but and at, at, you at know, a point, especially in the middle of the season, if you are hurt, especially like you said, Kreider, who relies on his speed, there's going to be a significant drop-off in play. And, you know, but, that's why it's iffy again re-signing Chris Kreider because if his game is solely based on speed and being that power forward in front, he can become a fourth-line player extremely fast. Exactly. I mean, like, in a matter of though, if his speed is gone. The point that I'm trying to make, though, is is that he's he's not – when we're talking about the room and you're talking about the cohesiveness of this team, you know, Kreider seems to have in, – in, in, I'm trying to find the word for it. He seemed to have included himself very strongly within the dynamic of this team. And, again, like I said, people don't realize how important that is. So now you look at that, and, and again, this is not a total ad, – I'm not totally advocating that you give him the Brinks truck because, again, they need to assess his worth. He's at a certain age where he's not going to demand like a Panarin-type contract because he's not the type of player Panarin is, and he's not going to get – you know, it, it, it's It's strange. He's not going mm-hmm. to command – he's like in the middle of commanding a big contract and, you know, getting a decent contract or a decent return from a trade. So I think best-case scenario for this team is they they sign him to a team-friendly deal. He decides, okay, well, I'm going to take it and stay here and help this team out and then kind of slowly, you know, transition to a lower-tier forward, third, fourth line – you know, still playing at his level of play. But if that doesn't happen and he wants to make bank, well, you know what? I'm sorry. The Rangers are going to have to try and get something for him. Yeah. So it, it's just I, I'm in the camp that he should be here. This is the problem with bridge but, deals, though. This is this is this is all about why this was just. It's just it's, he's in he's in the prime of his career. You can make that argument. So it's either you extend him, which is a terrible idea, or you wait and you don't trade him, which is a terrible idea. Or you trade him in, at the deadline, which you could get more than getting it now. But he's not Matt Zuccarello. He's not a playmaker where he just gets thrown into a random pile of guys and just score points. Chris Kreider needs to have set plays with people. You see all the time those long stretch passes from the Rangers end all the way to Kreider, who's bolting up to the front, uh, to, to the middle of the ice, and he, he scores with nobody next to him. It, it, it's not that easy. He can sit in front of the net all he wants, but... It's just he's that type of player to, you know, rely on others because he's the goal scorer. And Matt Zuccarello wasn't, and that's why we could potentially get two first-round picks for him. But, you know, you have to sell high when you can sell high. And, you know, with a lot of a lot of players on the board in free agency this year, it's not unrealistic that you sign two of them or three of them. No, I, I depending agree. Depending no. on who it is. And then you, no, you can also but... make the case you could, you could trade Vlad Nemestikov, you could trade Jimmy Vesey. You know, if you – well, it's if already in the assumption that they're going to get traded time, anyway. You could Brian Strom, who has an RFA at, in, at the end of two years. It's just it's, – it's, it's such a – it's a toss-up now. It, it all really depends what happens after the draft and the first day of free agency. Cause yeah, with this, with this team, Marin, the way that they're it, operating right now, 
like real quick, with the way this team is operating, you don't really know what's going on, so you can't really make like a bold prediction. And with no. the asset management so far, it seems like they're on the right track. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, no, we, you really, you really just have to wait and see, which is who knows. It's it's so. it, it, it's tough. It's 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 nice to imagine the best part about all this, everything fitting together, all these young guys just like somehow seamlessly you know, fitting together like puzzle pieces, and then you think about, well, what happens when they all need new deals? Then yeah. you start to worry. Then you have all this problem that you have to worry about. It's just, you know, you want them to do good, but you don't want them to do, do too good so you can save exactly. some money on them. It's, a, it's, yeah. such a, it's such a double-edged sword, man. It really is. Now, they have to be good just at a specific amount of time. Now, before anything, let, let's, let's recap the last two series of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. Wow, you read we, my we, mind. Yeah, we kind of we kind of skipped that when Russ came well, in. We had to fit him in. Nowhere. Left, I thought he wanted so. to talk about Dallas. Yeah, <laughs> but go ahead. Okay, so San Jose at Colorado tonight. Um, end of the first zero zero. Like that matters. I mean, you're gonna listen to this tomorrow after you find out what it's gonna be. Um, <laughs> San Jose last series I thought is was being a lot, tested a lot more than they are in this series. I feel like that Colorado has a lot better. Uh, you know, like balance their lineup, but San Jose is just firing on all cylinders. They're coming off of that huge game seven win and they're still kind of riding that momentum. Um, if they win tonight in Colorado, I really see them taking game five back in San Jose. And Absolutely. I just, I just think that's, this is it. This is ride or die for them right now. It, you can make that Absolutely. case how they're kind of like Columbus where, you know, they're going to lose a big piece of their, of their team. And then they have to re-sign some guys. It's just, you know, they don't have that much cap space. I just looked. They have like $300,000 $300, left in cap space, and that's not even Talk about being able to find one guy. It's not going to be wrong. Like, yeah. you know, Eric Carlson's gone after this year, but, you know, you need to replace some of your RFAs. You know, some of these guys who have been playing, like, fantastic for them, you know, Timo Meyer is up at the end of this year. Uh, you know, you have a lot of RFAs. Joe Pavelski, you're like, what do you do with your captain? Do you re-sign him? He's 34. Like, do you... Like as much as you love Jumbo Joe, do you resign him? It's it's That's such even a, it's if such he decides to keep playing. But let me ask you this: Carolina versus New York Islanders tomorrow. Do <laughs> you see Carolina <laughs> sweeping? Do you see Carolina completing the reverse sweep on the New York Islanders? <laughs> well, I guess it's not really a reverse sweep. I'm only saying that because they've swept uh, the Islanders swept uh, the Penguins. So do you see, you know, Downers not coming out with a win this series? No, do you think they somehow pull the string one together? No. This series is ending in four <laughs> or five. Come on. Come on. I, Look, I, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm Nostradamus and predict everything, but uh, yeah. I'm just going to say this. With, I, I was telling this to a lot of people in terms of that series. Um, they didn't get challenged by the Penguins. I'm sorry. Yeah, okay, the Islanders won four games. Great. Big whoop, okay? And I'm and I'm not trying to just say this because I'm, you know, we're Ranger fans, but you know, I I know when a team doesn't get challenged and I'm watching the way the Penguins are playing. The Rangers for goodness sake beat them at the end of the season. You know? Yeah. I, they they just they made them look <laughs> foolish. It just that team wasn't well put together. You know, they just kind of made it because everyone else seemed to have dropped off outside of Pittsburgh, Columbus, and the New York Islanders. If any of the other teams had been somewhat competitive, then, you know, the Pittsburgh would have fallen out of it. And there were certain times throughout the season where Pittsburgh wasn't in the hunt. They got hot at the right time. Yeah, no, they were. And they, 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 they were, were able to. At one point. Yeah, they were below the Rangers at one point, which was great. But anyways, I said this to my father, who's an Islander fan. I said this to my mm-hmm. father, who's an Islander fan. I said this to a lot of Islander fans on Twitter, people that I know, and I said, your team hasn't been challenged. They, your Islanders were just stuffing the Penguins. They were just trying to force it to Crosby and Malkin. Latang didn't do anything. Kessel didn't do anything. And other supplemental pieces didn't do anything. So I said, whomever wins the Washington-Carolina series is going to put a hurt on the Islanders because that those two teams are infinitely better than Pittsburgh. And... What do you know? Carolina comes out swinging two games in the Barclays Center, especially game one or game two. I think it was game one where they won. Was it game one or game two? I'm trying to remember where they won one nothing in overtime. That was a fun game, even though a couple of mm-hmm. our contributors don't necessarily agree with that. But, you know, 
what they're what the what the hurricanes well, they don't are like defensive do- matchups. Nothing against them. I just like I, I like no the no no. And as they well, don't, but, I agree. Like, you know, if like they don't like defensive like matchups. Like yesterday, when I was watching them. Carolina and the Islanders, like for a good chunk of it, it was like I think that you could say it was sloppy, but it was very well defended. You would see guys the puck at perfect times and then join the rush and it would go back and forth like that. And I thought that was great to see because I was mesmerized. Look, I think mm-hmm. we only have like half a like half a minute left. So let's uh, just go over this really quick. So, like, I agree. The Penguins barely squeaked in. You have to just look at the Eastern Conference. They had – you had the Panthers, the Sabres, the Red Wings, the Senators, the Rangers, the Devils, and the Flyers, and they were all garbage. They were all hot mm-hmm. garbage, and the Penguins only got in because of that. So, you know, who's to say? But I think this – I think uh, I think Carolina, I think San Jose, I think Dallas, I really do. Not just saying as a Rangers fan, and I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree with you. And I, think Columbus, I definitely I think agree with you on that. Yeah, I agree 100. percent I stand by those yeah. picks as well. Might be bloody wrong, but oh well. <laughs> so yeah, I, who knows? Hey, well, time's up and we're still going, so you know. It's up to you. Do you want to keep going? Or you want to just give these guys. Uh, a nice I think it, I think it's time for us to sign off, Kev. I don't know if you want me to do it. Do you uh, want to do it? Do you I want think to just tired? No, um, no. I could keep going. I mean, what do you want to talk about? Furries? <laughs> you want to talk about? Uh, <laughs> want to talk about cars? You know? No. You want to talk mean, about the I mean, Mets? What do you want to talk about? With the, with the playoffs, <laughs> we could we could talk about how you know who's the biggest commodity on the Rangers to trade right now. Anything, but you know we can save it. The draft is still. Well, let's say you know let's not let's not put away. all of our marbles. We don't want to blow our bowl. load all right now. Yeah, and I don't know <laughs> if that's an expression or not, but let's not do that. Let, let's keep the fans. No, waiting. no matter. You don't want to do that ever. <laughs> no. So. No. All right. Well, I guess you want to um, you want to sign us out, Kev. Yes. Thank you for listening. This has been uh, Kevin Krupe, the Space Earthbender himself, along with John Luke Shapiro. And Russell Harmon, thank you for coming on in your time of, uh, I guess it was a retreat to him. He's like, you know, a nice, a nice time away in upstate. That's nice for him. But you know, thanks to everybody. Uh, thanks for Forever Blue Shirts for letting us do this. Thanks for, uh, and for Forever Blue Shirts because without him, none of this would be possible. Uh, thanks for the fans. I know I'm gonna keep putting out articles. Please comment without reading them. I love it. It makes me feel so much better about myself. <laughs> somebody, somebody called it clickbait today, which I think that's the best compliment because I got you to look at it and say, wow, this is such a ridiculous take. It's clickbait. So, You've you know, done your job. who's to know? Who's to know? <laughs> Thank you, and let's go Rangers. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans started just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale. Even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees. Get to Old Navy now for February's biggest style steal. 40% off all jeans and tees. Jeans start at just 18 bucks for adults, 12 bucks for kids. With tees from just 7 bucks for adults, 6 bucks for kids. All jeans and tees are on sale, even your favorite rock star jeans. All jeans and all tees are 40% off right now. Don't miss out. Run into Old Navy and OldNavy.com today. Valid 211 to 221 excludes in-store clearance jeans and tees. Active licensed and men's package tees.
Hey everyone, this is Stan Wangler from Just Thinking. Stop on by this week and listen to some of the great podcasts we have lined up for you. Two in particular are really good shows. One is called Are We Driving Ourselves Insane? Well, are we? And the next one is called Have You Been Having a Bad Day? Did You Have a Bad Day? Well, if you did, this is the show for you. And I bet you, when you get done listening, you'll feel a lot better. So join us. Business with personality. That's the idea that launched London's business newspaper, City AM, 15 years ago. And it's the same idea that inspired our new daily podcast, The City View, where you'll find me, City AM editor Christian May, interviewing the most well-known, influential and colourful figures from business, politics and finance. The City View from City AM with a new episode every morning. It's the perfect start to your working day. What's going on? You have John Wangland, one of the hosts of Wrestling With Reality. Check out our shows this week on Wrestling With Reality. We have some great shows. We have our MMA show. We look at is Khabib Namaga Madoff versus George St. Pierre a reality? Why John Jones is such a disgrace to the UFC? We also have on WCW Monday Nitro Watch Along, and we take a look back at Triple H in his 25-year career in the WWE. So check out Wrestling With Reality on all major podcast outlets.